Hi and welcome to Oxano Bites. Before we begin, a small insight into Oxano. We are a venture capital firm focused on investing in growth stage businesses. With a sector agnostic investment approach, we have a deep skin in the game and strive to drive growth in our portfolio companies while increasing our investors' wealth. We aim to enable and empower an entrepreneur's vision into reality. So today we have in conversation uh, Mr. Saurav Chawla, who co-founded OKGO along with Tom Tejima-san. OKGO is, is a job tech startup that matches businesses with millions of gig, part-time and full-time, blue and gray-collared workers. Interestingly, they recently had a successful exit in less than three years by getting acquired by you know better place. Uh, Saurav, uh, before OKGO, has his first stint of entrepreneurial journey with Fifth Avenue Cafe, a high-growth F&B businesses focused on American deserts and coffee. Uh, for those in NCR, it's a 30-second milestone. I have had a chance to be there. It's very pet-friendly. So I would say, you know, don't miss to have as beautiful deserts, you know, uh, at, at Fifth Avenue and 30-second milestone. Prior to Fifth Avenue, he was vice president of investment banking M&A at Barclays in New York, where he led various deals worth billions of dollars. An MBA graduate from Kellogg's, he's also an award holder of two US patents for financial models built to prevent more than you know, 200,000 foreclosures in the US during the subprime crisis. Uh, so from an iBanker to a restaurant, still being a restaurant to uh, to a uh, co-founding the gig economy and having an effective sale your resume is over the last decade is embellished so cheers to you Saurav, and welcome to ozono bikes podcast thank you thank you Vijesh, for uh, this awesome introduction i don't think i've been introduced in this amazing manner so if someone else has to introduce me I'll probably refer to this. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're great, Saurabh. You know, so you have a very unique journey with OKGO because you're solving a, you know, I'll say problem in the informal sector with technology and with an international co-founder. Now help us understand the permutation combination of picking a problem statement and also choosing a co-founder for the same. So the problem statement in my case was very organic. Uh, I was running a food business. Uh, after I moved back from the US to India, I was running Fifth Avenue, as, I, as you mentioned. And while running that food business, the problem was obvious. Uh, in the blue collared sector, there were issue uh, for people like me hiring high quality blue collared workforce. And I wanted to hire workers on a flexible manner because in a food business, you have seasonality, peaks and troughs. So you have more people in the weekend, more people in the evening, but there was no technology service for me to hire these uh, skilled workforce, in the blue collar sector on demand. So that is a problem statement. So very organically, uh, while running the business that came through to me. Regarding international co-founder, there was no plan like that, right? I was not expecting to uh, start this in India, focused on Indian market, focus on blue collar sector market with an international co-founder. It happened by chance. Uh, so when I, this also happened while running my food business. So when I was running the food business, uh, my base kitchen and the base kitchen of uh, Tom, uh, who's the uh, co-founder along with me at OKGO, who's running a sushi junction, uh, which is a sushi cloud delivery platform, was next to each other. And we 
met, I think, five or six years ago, just when I moved back from the US, and that organically we got to know each other. Our backgrounds were like in the corporate sector. I was a banker. He was a consultant in McKinsey, and then started the food business. So we, we we gelled. I think we just felt that we could do something together. I did not look uh, at it like, oh, he's a Japanese. I'm an Indian. We are doing something in India. For me, it was. I like this guy. He's very ethical. Our, our our visions are aligned. Our problems. We also understand the problem statement through running our businesses, and then I think uh, we went for it. No no real checklist or you know this has to be meant. But more importantly, the attitude, the work ethic, and the vision was aligned. So you say serendipity played its role in hundred percent, hundred percent serendipity. Uh, I think uh, I keep saying that co-founder. And wife. These are the two most important, uh, you know, partners you have to find in life, right? And most of them, you cannot plan very too much. It, it has to. You have to let life guide you. And uh, they, they definitely serendipity meeting uh, Tom. But I also did not want to uh, rush into it. So he also evaluated how it would be doing business with me, and I also evaluated. So it was not as if okay, we met and you know next. It took us, I think, one or two years after we met to start something. So we kind of tested the waters a little bit with each other. We want to make sure that this is the right person for me to invest those four, five, six years, 10 years. And uh, then I think when we were, when we felt it was right, then we went for it. Okay. So this is great. So serendipity, why founder, you're gaining life lessons, right? Uh, along with running a business. <laughs> so you started the venture when the difference between the two terms, say India and Bharat, how, you know, if we look into, we're not as, you know, established as they are now. You scale the tech businesses in the Bharat segment. Uh, what are some of the key learnings which, you know, which can be applied across? I think uh, you have to understand uh, in my sector, for example, in the blue collar sector, so we are targeting the Bharat segment, uh, the scale is humongous. You have to understand the drivers of the behaviors of the blue collar workforce. Uh, so our uh, business is more worker oriented. We are focused mainly firstly on optimizing the earnings per hour of the workers. So we have to be very clear on who our um, uh, target is, who are we trying to cater to. For, for me, I'm trying to cater to the worker first uh, and the enterprise along with it. So it is worker first and because if the workers are happy, their earnings are optimized, I'll be able to offer a better solution to the enterprises who are looking for gig workforce. So if the workers are happy, they'll stay longer at our organization, the attrition will be lower. So I think very important for us to make sure that to the right target and then building it from there. So very important for us uh, that we focused in our case, blue card workers, the problems that they faced with, with lower earnings, with transparency of earning, uh, with understanding the issue resolution, it should not have a higher tact when we are, you know, having a lot of people on our platform. And that can be uh, taken uh, into account for a lot of other enterprises or organizations that are building it towards the uh, blue card workforce, especially. What is one good, one big thing, there are a lot of big things would have happened, but one good thing, which in the initial six months of when OKGO OK was formed, uh, gave you conviction that this is this is going to be big. Or it could be a chain mm. of events, or it could be one event, you know. But something you said yes, uh, in, yes. In my, in my case, uh, 
in my case actually it was a little different i um, okgo okay was founded just before covid so end of 2019 is when we decided to venture into this uh, uh, journey and uh, just when our when our technology was ready so we had kind of a product market fit and we were the first version of the technology online medium enterprises because i was running a small medium enterprise i knew the problems in the fnb sector the event management sector so that was the first version of the product but then covid happened so i wouldn't say in the first 6 months something uh, unique happened with us because of because of a crazy event like covid it took us a little bit longer to make sure to understand and get that confidence that we are basically in the right path probably it, for us it was more like 9 months and 12 months because of the covid hiccup after the covid we felt that the right sector for us we pivoted because there was zero demand in the fnb event management sector so we pivoted and realized that e-commerce and larger enterprises could even be a bigger sector for us to focus on uh, so we pivoted to uh, focus on larger enterprises and within that we said let's focus on the e-commerce logistics sector because we saw that scale and we built uh, you know towards that with this big event uh, covid happening that that is when I, when we realized that okay we are in the right path so it probably took us 9 months 12 months to identify that and if i understand correctly both you and tom are not do not have a tech background right we are, we are not techies in terms of we are not uh, software developers in the traditional sense but both of us like for example me i was uh, building uh, financial models data analytics models uh, through uh, programs software programs like sas so i have some understanding of you know writing software codes etc but yeah in a traditional sense we are not techies and you build it that you know tech platform going forward the sas yeah how does how did how did this evolve i think uh, both uh, what what we realized and this is something that i probably uh, did not uh, realize before starting okgo is that we are product oriented founders so uh, we we are very confident now of whatever we are going to do in the future is going to be easier for us to envision a product develop a product because we think like that even though our training is not there but through this okgo journey realize this is our strength so even though we are not software developers we are almost like product managers uh, and we think like that we think product first so that really helped us in designing the product in understanding and prioritizing different features and uh, functionalities of the product execution of course was led by a technology team which was very capable but because our product uh, division was very strong uh, we could uh, have uh, a decent outcome even without having a co-founder who's uh, you know a, a techie because we were very clear on what we wanted what features we wanted how does the product should how, how should a product look like so it was very clear in when we were giving the functionalities and the requirements to the technology team now if you say how has the diversity in your founding team helped okay go to scale up i think uh, i think it's uh, in terms of uh, what tom brings to the table is discipline is long term thinking uh, which is a very japanese uh, inherent quality to have i think we as indians sometimes are a little bit more uh, short term oriented i feel i think a lot of people in japan uh, even now they 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 start to work at an organization and they retire at that organization the very long term thinking and uh, also very disciplined in terms of work ethic right 
like for example we indians might get affected and you know uh, every day it it might be uh, a different kind of an attitude that we bring to the table sometimes but with, with japanese i think in general i feel that the work ethic every day you know it's like this is what we have to do and continue so i think that rigor is something that he brought to the table uh, that really uh, you know rubbed off on me as well i already had some some of that rigor because i was an investment banker so that kind of uh, you know helped us uh, make it or, or or percolate that to our team as well uh, i think it's a good combination of indian innovativeness and flexibility with japanese rigor discipline and long term thinking so i think i keep saying the ideal society in the world will be a mix of indian and japanese because they are bringing i think two very important aspects i think i think just being like a japanese society in the future is not the ideal state being very chaotic and uh, you know uh, short term oriented is also not great so i think a mixture of the, these two is the ideal state which is hopefully we'll be able to achieve maybe in the next ventures that we do as well so this brings to one, one more cue you know and that how then how do you handle the differences like you know so you have a short term so and how do you, you know, like you say let's agree to disagree that's good but then that is one part of it but then how do you handle the differences and ensure that you know the businesses when you created on going and going on how does that come in play i think uh, we are very clear on who's handling what uh, where my strengths are given that we are playing in the indian context i am probably better suited to head handle sales and operations uh, tom is probably better suited to handle finance and analytics uh, investor relations right so we kind of uh, segregated our responsibilities very clearly so even though both of us had inputs in what the other person was doing at the end of the day if it was something related to sales and operations i had the right uh, i had the final call after taking incorporating uh, you know inputs from tom and similarly for the things that he was handling Uh, the good thing is that our vision is aligned how to reach that vision everyone will have their own theories and strategies right but the long term vision was aligned and sometimes of course there were disagreements uh, but uh, i think we were able to uh, through logic not through force able to convince each other because if you are logical and your long term thinking is or long term goal is uh, aligned then i think you're able to uh, convince your uh, co-founder in what to do so we talked about you know diversity kind of founding then how did you go about building a team who will say come okay so we have sorry we have got tom and it's a mixture of indo japanese so i don't know what i'm getting into so how did the talent get into you and get the you know the work at, at the ground done you're talking about how are we be able to attract yeah the uh, the talent working with us right yes uh, i think a uh, couple of decisions that i uh, that we took initially really helped us the product manager was someone i knew from before she was a friend when i was running like a small non profit organization uh, 10 years ago 15 years ago uh, she was part of that non profit organization she had then after that she had been working at a company called nazaro for 10 15 years and i first thing i did was i roped her in uh, as a founding team member as the product manager of this uh, organizations and because i knew her from before it really helped us you know we didn't really have to uh, understand the you know how the work ethic etc so we we started from step 2 uh, along with that uh, for the technology team initially rather than building the entire tech team internally we i again reached out to a you know a friend of mine who was running an it services company who i knew from working before uh, who helped us build the mvp of the product 
So the idea is not to do everything from scratch to leverage your connections and networks uh, that you have to build to a stage where you can start attracting and even affording that talent, the right talent that you need to build the in everything in-house. So that is how we went. Very interesting. You know, you said connecting the dots, you know, and you know, getting in touch with people or talent whom you knew from, from years ago and you leverage on that. Absolutely. So one more thing, you know, so you are addressing a supply demand mismatch for blue collar workers and the jobs. How do you develop the business from both supply and demand side? Sure. Uh, I think uh, for, for a supply side, uh, we are using different avenues to get the workers on our platform. Uh, it's a technology driven uh, solution. So we want people to be active on a mobile application to look at different multiple blue collar gig opportunities. Uh, to do that, we have leveraged uh, social media channels, especially Facebook was really helpful for us uh, to reach out to the right blue collar workforce. Uh, apart from that, uh, we were, uh, you know, uh, doing a little bit of an organic reach out uh, through people on the field. Uh, so combination of these two really helped us. Uh, to, to get the right supply on our platform. Challenge, I think, is not only getting the right supply, but to get the supply to sustain on your platform. A lot of people are able to, uh, you know, short in a short term, do uh, paid marketing, et cetera, to get people on the platform, but it's hard to sustain. So we have built processes to make that once, to make sure that once the worker comes on the platform, they stay, which is defined by the earnings that they get, uh, the issues that are resolved for them. So we are thinking worker first. So they feel a little bit more uh, loyal to our platform because we are caring for them. On the demand side, uh, we got a great opportunity to get incubated within Flipkart. Uh, Flipkart itself had demand of like 10,000 workers, gig workers when we started. So we didn't really have to set up a sales team. <clears throat> In fact, till the time we got acquired, we had no sales team. Basically, oh. it was me who was uh, reaching out to some, because we are focusing on larger enterprises. And with other enterprises, you need to have some connections um, at the senior level. Uh, and the demand was there for us. Uh, so demand was easier for us to get at least for uh, stage one. Uh, when we go to the stage two now, along with Better Place, uh, we leverage the sales team that we have built to go to the next level. So what would be advice to, you know, let's say the startups in this space and who would want to, you know, grow? Having a similar business model. The, uh, I think the idea is to, uh, so what I've realized, and that was one of the decisions that uh, prompted us to uh, be okay with getting acquired by Better Place. So essentially, just so that we, uh, you know, the background at, at the time when Better Place acquired us, we were in the market to raise another round of funding. We got that term sheet from a VC and we had another term sheet from uh, Better Place to, uh, you know, we have basically both opportunities to build organically as well as to get acquired. Uh, I, my, my hypothesis is, in the blue collar sector in countries like India, Southeast Asia, the thing that might succeed is a horizontal play versus a vertical play. So if someone is uh, probably targeting, uh, you know, uh, FinTech solutions in the blue collar sector or just uh, workforce fulfillment solutions in the blue collar sector or skilling solutions in the blue collar sector, in these markets, it's very hard to scale and be profitable vertically. I, I, from, from my experience, I realized because once you have a touch point with a worker, you want you should probably uh, try to offer horizontal solutions to that worker to make sure your lifetime value is higher because uh, there could be you know uh, it's it, the cost of acquisition might be tougher for different for just to sustain the person for only one particular one solution that is why i felt that it's better for us to uh, you know 
uh, be a part of this horizontal solution that Better Place is building. So I would say horizontal play in this sector is probably, at least my hypothesis, better than the vertical play. Uh, and we have seen some vertical plays not being, uh, being successful in this sector. For the audience who doesn't know about the horizontal and vertical play, if you can just give an illustration by what exactly does these two mean? Sure, sure. So vertical play would be uh, you identify for the same segment, you identify, uh, as I mentioned, like a fintech play. For example, you're only trying to provide uh, loans or early salary, early wage access, et cetera, to blue collar sector. <clears throat> uh, horizontal play is you're offering end-to-end uh, -end, uh, products from right from getting job opportunities to uh, providing uh, skilling opportunities to providing fintech opportunities uh, for those blue card work, uh, workers. So that is the difference. So, so to start with, OKGO OK started as a gig recruitment services and then transform into a SaaS solution. Is that correct? So, so I would say it's a uh, it's a service it's a SaaS solution uh, more than a recruitment solution. We are trying. So, so what we are saying is we are not only providing uh, uh, workforce to you. We are providing uh, the platform to manage that workforce for you. So, essentially, uh, sourcing workforce is one part of it. But then managing that workforce, making sure the attrition is low, making sure they're getting other opportunities, making sure they're getting early salary and, and, and transparency of earnings, that is the layer that we have built through technology. So it's through that platform we're offering you that solution, of which uh, the workforce, uh, you know, supply of uh, workforce is one part of it. So when you pivoted, so did you have a playbook or the playbook happened you know, as you are learning on the job? Learning on the job. There is no, uh, I mean, we did not, uh, so COVID is a one of, one in a, once in a lifetime event, right? We had no idea that this will happen. Uh, but, but the good thing was we were committed to the sector. Uh, we were committed to the sector. We felt that there is definitely space. The, the good thing is in the blue card sector is that the market size is huge. But the bad thing is a lot of startups have failed in the sector. Uh, but but we knew that that is not something that we'll get too influenced by. We will stick to the sector. We'll find out a way to achieve success in the sector. And that is, I think, helped us be flexible. So we we saw that opportunity, one opportunity die completely. And because we were open to, we were having conversation with so many other uh, players in the sector, and we were open to, you know, uh, experimenting new things, we were able to find another opportunity quickly. So the other part, you know, when you are raising money in the first place, you are you are first bootstrapped and then you raised money or you raised money as you are building the business right from day zero? We we did raise money uh, right from day zero, but we were very disciplined in uh, the money that we were raising. Um, so uh, in the entire uh, lifetime before uh, this acquisition, we only raised half a million dollars uh, over two years. So very disciplined in the way, the way we were raising money, the way we were running the business, thinking about unit economics. Uh, it's, it was only when we were looking at this round, which, which would have been a two to three million dollar round, uh, when we were when we felt that the product market fit was there, we had achieved some success. We we really were out there in the market uh, and got the term sheet for a little bit larger amount as well. So why unit economics right from day zero when you 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 felt when you, when you knew that growth is the only option? So uh, growth without product market fit is uh, I mean it's 
something i think it has to be balanced uh, if you grow and you have no idea where your unit economics are going to land that is a little tricky uh, for at least for uh, for uh, tom and me to digest the, the way we thought about it so it was not that uh, we didn't want to grow but before the growth uh, we wanted to make sure that a product market fit and some sort of unit economics is in place rather than just growing for the sake of growing because we knew that in this sector there are big issues with the uh, the lifetime value uh, the attrition so we wanted to solve for those issues before we you know uh, press on the accelerator okay and on a high side if you were to uh, you know grow okay go how will you do the same thing or you think you will make some changes in the approach so by the way we are still part of okay go we are still growing so essentially we did 0 to 10 10 to 100 uh, it will happen in the next 2 uh, years uh, one or two years we are working with better place right now we are not going anywhere so the idea is to scale this up uh, to 10x of what we are right now uh, in the next uh, one one and a half years uh, but uh, if if i had to change something while uh, I, I, it's hard I, it's hard for me to answer that uh, uh, because it was uh, because i felt we were pretty flexible in what we you know did uh, in the past uh, but of course there is room for improvement probably find the right i think we we did struggle with finding the right talent after we had built the first layer so we did as i mentioned we did get the right product manager we did did get a right uh, technology lead but some of our hires uh, you know we could have been a little bit more disciplined uh, there was a little bit of a uh, you know pressure that we put on ourselves to expand the team scale the team and uh, we did end up hiring uh, senior people that were not the right fit for us uh, did not have the right startup mindset uh, the rigor mindset that you know is supposed to have as a as a leader of the organization so we did end up uh, you know uh, hiring a few people who, are, who we had to let go uh, but i guess if there was a little bit more rigor and a little bit more threshold that we had kept for ourselves we would have probably done that better I think this is a common thread which I hear from you know founders on the talent side and the rigor side. Uh, earlier we spoke about you know have you know how the the Indian and the Japanese mentality helps, and taking that account you know you got acquired in less than three years. Yeah. So so you know and and that, and what I understand from what you have shared now is that you had no such intention to start with or to begin with, but yeah, you just have. What it just happened. Yeah, so yeah. how open you were in Saiki, this was the right time to you know get acquired. And how did you come to that decision? It was not an easy decision. We had sleepless nights deciding what to do. Uh, we had both opportunities. Sometimes it's sometimes it's actually uh, trickier if you have both opportunities, right? If you only have one opportunity, it's easier to uh, take that plunge. Uh, but we had both opportunities on the table. Uh, we had a little different. Uh, Tom and I had a little different, uh, you know, thought processes there, uh, but uh, we were able to convince uh, each other on that on the part that this was the right process. Because I felt, with my experience in this sector, as I mentioned, a horizontal play. We would have built a horizontal play as well. Uh, we were building that horizontal play with some fintech capabilities apart from the uh, gig workforce management capabilities, and we would have kept on building it. Uh, we, we realized that those capabilities to a certain extent have already, already been built by this organization, which is a, a good organization. We liked the founders. It took us four or five months after we started interacting with the founders to, to, to make that decision. Uh, 
uh, and we also wanted to make sure that our investors are getting a great return um, and uh, we are uh, putting our team in the right place team team should grow uh, it should not only be our the our our uh, uh, proceeds or investor proceeds the team should be happy team should have the growth they should have the stability after evaluating those things we felt we took the right decision but to be honest we will never know we will never know if uh, we should have taken the other path or this path it was uh, in that circumstance uh, i think it was probably it was not like one part felt like oh uh, th this meets uh, this is 90% right the other one is 10% right it was like 60 40 it was like a very close decision for us because we were so early in our journey maybe the next time we do something uh, it, it might be different but this sector and at that time i felt uh, the thesis that the horizontal play is going to be a better play here so you took a decision based on the available data points and then you know use that data points to execute you know what you i should say felt to do yeah, yeah. absolutely one more thing so like say the one of the things is that you know like serial entrepreneurs come said i created value and someone else will run it you know, what are your thoughts on this because i don't know if you have the, have this top thought ever stuff so uh, the the good thing is uh, in this uh, acquisition we are the ones who are still running it we are running the gig uh, vertical within better place there is no other team in better place who was running gig this is new to them it's not like that they have acquired this and some other team will run it we are supposed to run it because we know this it's a new thing gig is anyways a new thing it's not it's not been there in a formalized manner it's been there only for 3 4 5 years we are one of the first few companies to um, play in the sector so we are evolving this we are growing this and better place uh, has given us this responsibility so great thing is i not, not only go to get to see the 0 to 10 journey 10 to 100 journey as well and we are all uh, invested in it uh, so essentially uh, the if we grow uh, you know if okigo grows our team grows uh, and that, that is the structure that we have kept it's like the 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 upside we have the upside as well because it's not only a cash deal it's a cash and stock deal we have if if better place as an organization grows and better place is placing a lot of faith in us so it's a win win for everyone great it looks like you know the the the, the joining of forces is really going to make you even bigger and better that's that's the intent hopefully <laughs> if I, one last queue question you know one i'll say in the, in the uh, like one unfiltered piece of advice you have received in your career which has changed your perspective or has given you direction which you never thought of hmm it's a tough one i the <clears throat> very recently i'm re reading this book called amp it up it's by this uh, serial ceo i think uh, data domain uh, snowflake now he's the ceo snowflake is probably multi billion dollar market cap company growing at like 200% revenue crazy crazy growth and in that book uh, he says that a lot of people put a lot of uh, weight on strategy and very few people put that amount of weight in execution what i've realized is execution is greater than greater than strategy uh, you can keep making strategies but if you're not able to execute them uh, it becomes very hard to succeed in anything you're doing so that discipline and execution might be boring it might sound uh, uh, less 
interesting or intellectually stimulating but if you are able to crack execution uh, a, a, a medium level strategy can give you great results but if you have a great strategy and execution is very poor then i think you are just out so that is something that i recently uh, reinforced after you know i heard, uh, i read this book and that is something that i am trying to you know put put in what i am doing right now because my journey is from 10 to 100 right now and it is a lot of it is dependent on the right execution i feel resonant with that you know as as vcs when we invest with with entrepreneurs and companies you know we are betting on the execution you know by you so yeah absolutely you know, bang on and again it reinforces and that helps you know yes great you know any any anything you know on 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 a closing note you want to you know add talk share which we we would not have touched upon which you feel can bring more value uh, i think uh, what i would probably if if there are entrepreneurs uh, watching this what i would tell them is um, you know take that leap of faith if you feel that uh, you have uh, the right um, uh, goal in mind you have the you have the right problem or you want to solve a particular problem don't try to uh, manage with a lot of people try to uh, do too many things at the same time right what i have realized is they have a full time job cushy job they want to be entrepreneurs but they will not leave that job until they see that you know something is happening in the uh, in something that they are experimenting with in the entrepreneur side that is very hard to do my advice is yes there is a little bit of a risk actually a lot of risk but you are really minimizing your chances of success if you are not completely dedicated to what you are trying to do so be all in if you really want to uh, improve your chances of success in a hard in a hard thing to uh, hard field to succeed you know so sort of fantastic so you saying stepneys were in the car in real life there are more stepneys right <laughs> there's only one plant so great you know sort of you know ki you know if i can say you know a dream you dreamed you and tom dreamed you started you did you grew and you exit and still continuing to you know follow that path so which is you know which is i would say if i am a romantic i would say it's very beautiful you know space to be in uh, i'm pretty sure you know you know it's not as romantic as it sounds today you must have had lots of sleepless nights you know two years ago when you just started and you had to continue to have that faith but it brings about the resilience which we talk about in the founders you know when you are you know initiating or doing a thing you know for this space which you are in and for the entrepreneurial journey india at least for the next 10 15 years you know we see a huge you know space where you know there can be value added by 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 you and your brethren who can actually think about and and bring something which is not there so thank you saurav for your time for sharing your insights on the journey uh, very interesting wherein you have you know did if you say end to end which people who are the founders who want to start something want also to exit so you have done everything in a in a short period of time and uh, pretty happy you know very happy to know that and for you to sharing the journey and also sharing your inputs very openly with the all the founders and prospects who want to be in this part of journey thank you saurav thank you so much for hosting me it was a pleasure thanks thank you Thanks for tuning in. 
For more Oxanobytes episodes, you can head to www.oxano.in slash blogs. You can also follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube for more updates and insights. <laughs>